Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. But it's been a blessed time in the school. Can you say amen? We haven't missed a beat. The cool thing about the church is it doesn't matter where we meet. Did you know that? Yeah, some of you agree. Uh, did you know that? We are the church wherever we go. And where we can call upon the name of the Lord wherever we are. And this is the beauty because we have access. And today with God's help I want to preach a message to you entitled All Access. All Access. And that word access, the verb, means to approach or enter. So we have access to this building. Right? But also to obtain or receive. So, such as, well, I accessed the government website and I obtained information. Or any other example you prefer to use. But this access is something important that as the church we have to understand. Because we've been given a lot of access to a lot of things. But my suspicion is that we aren't always fully aware of the access that we've been granted and given and that we are able to receive. So with God's help, I, I, I trust that you will receive this message and God will speak a word. And I believe it's not just a word for our church, but for specific people who are here today. In the specific things that you might be faced with, I believe that the revelation of today's message is going to stick with you and help you through those situations that you might find yourself walking uh, through. So... Uh, I run a website called worshipdrummer.com. It started as a blog, and I'm not here to talk about that. But in this topic of access, if you could put up that first picture we have. This is Luke Anderson, and my wife walked out, so it's perfect timing. I called him a friend, and she's like, he's not really your friend. He just, because of worship drummer and stuff. So he's the drummer for Elevation Worship. In, in the States, Stephen, Pastor Stephen Furtick, some of you may have heard of him. Um, so I have access backstage because of the drummers that I know and I'm connected with because of this website that I started. And I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning, but God just continued to show me what to do and it's grown as a platform where I can do collaborations with drummers from big churches like this. Um, this particular night, this is when Pastor Stephen Furtick came here to the GTA. And some of the, the young adults and people from our church I know were very excited to go. And actually had to get there like 3.30 p.m. in the afternoon because the lineups would be so huge. Well, guess what? I had access because I knew the drummer. And I could simply get in from the back door. Can you? So yeah, you can see... The number of people. Did we have one more picture there? And that's just the... So I, I have access. Where other people have to wait in line. And wait. And wait. And wait. And wonder, are we even going to get in? And I was texting a few of them saying, like, I thought you guys were here early. They're like, we were. We were and we're still outside. And I thought, this is insane. And, and for me though, because I had all access, I didn't even have to worry about where I park, do I have to wait in line, I just could walk straight in, 
and we'll get we'll get into this a little more in a second. But I want to share three specific things this morning about the access that we have and how we get it. So number one is access is granted to us by God. Number one, access is granted to us by God. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. And would you stand for the reading of God's word today? Colossians chapter 1, we'll begin reading at verse 19. And here's what it says. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through Him God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were His enemies separated from Him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now He has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. As a result, He has brought you into His own presence. Who brought us into His presence? God brought us into His own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. Would you join me as we pray? Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I know your word is already anointed, but I ask that you would anoint my mind, my lips, my mouth, and my heart as I speak. Your word may be your word only today. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So number one, access is granted to us by God. You see, it's not up to us to think about how can I reach God. God already solved the problem for us. A lot of people, or some people, let's say, believe God created the world and then just stepped back and said, well, I'll let them run away and figure this out and see what happens. And that's not true. God is very much concerned about your life, about His church, and about people in general, and about this world. It's His creation. How many of you are bakers in the house? Just wave at me. Okay, next Sunday, bring me something. Just kidding, please don't. My wife will get very upset. And she's starting to bake now, which is wonderful. I used to have to do it all before. But here's the thing. If you bake a cake, and you have what it's supposed to look like in the end, icing and fondant, however you want to decorate it now, and someone else steps in and messes it all up, or says, oh, I'll do it for you, you would get very upset if it didn't look the way it was supposed to look. Simple illustration for bakers, you could use it for whatever else you want, but the reality is, the creator had an idea, the cake doesn't have an idea. The cake doesn't say, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be. Let me try to make myself. As humans, as God's creation, we often think that it's our responsibility to figure all of this stuff out. But did you know, did you know that God made himself available and accessible to you and to me? Yes? You don't have to do it through a third party, a priest, or the high priest even, 
to, to get access to God's throne room, God made it such that He said, I'm going to grant my people access to me. And this is a beautiful thing that we have to understand. It was God's idea to be close to His creation. It's not my idea to try to figure out who created me because His fingerprints are all over me and you. Can you say amen? So when I truly know who I am, I have to know who God created me to be to know who I am. But I know then who also is my creator. And so access is granted to us by God. Well, you might say, well, why did God grant us access? In 2 Timothy 1 verse 9, it says this, He saved us and chose us for His holy work. Not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan long before the world began. So today, my question to you is, did you ever consider that God has a plan for your life? God has a specific plan for your life. God has a plan for our church, because it's His church. And long before we ever thought, let me get up and go to church, or let me get up and, and do whatever I have to do, did you know that God has a specific purpose for your life? He saved us and chose us, not for my work, for His work. Not because we deserved it. So you could try to do good things your whole life and still miss the mark. Did you know that? You could do good and miss the mark. There's, there's some of the construction workers and one of the painters who's of a different religion said, Oh, for, for us it's all about works. So we have to do, 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 do to be able to achieve or attain whatever they believe is waiting for them. Which is very different for us because we're not saved through works, lest anyone should boast, the Bible says. It's through Jesus Christ alone, but that's point number two. We're going to get there. But it's important to understand we don't deserve it, but it was God's plan. And so that's why we are special people. That's why there's a special purpose for God's church. And I hope that you are a part of it. Can you say amen if you are? And this was His plan long before the world began. And so my question, or you might be saying, well, why did God save me? And why did He save you? Why? So you could serve Him. So you could serve Him. And here's the truth. If you call yourself a Christian today, this is a, a phrase from Rick Warren, a non-serving Christian is a contradiction. A non-serving Christian is a contradiction. Why? Because... He, he created you for a purpose. And, and it's His plan. So we say, Lord, I surrender my life and my future to You. As a church, this is our weekly, daily, constant and earnest prayer. Lord, use us however You want to. If it means to just change our community, we will faithfully show up to do that. If He wants to expand and enlarge in our territory of influence to the whole city then Lord, would you use us to do that? And if it's to reach the four corners of the world, or the, all the nations of the world, God, we are willing. We don't know how, perhaps, but we are definitely willing. Because we understand we are here on purpose, for a purpose. And Lord, would you use us now? Because it's your plan we want to fulfill. And so, number one, access is granted to us 
by God. Number two, access is given through Jesus. So God said, yes, I give permission, so to speak. It's granted, but it's given through Jesus Christ. And in Matthew 27, verse 51, when Jesus is dying on the cross... The Bible tells us that the veil, it's about 70 feet tall, was ripped in two. And here's the important part. Not from the bottom up, because then, well, I can start that little, you know, and it was very thick. But I, you know, someone with a a knife sharp enough could start the tear. But it didn't happen from the bottom to the top. It was ripped from the top to the bottom. And what that symbolizes to us is that God, when Jesus died, when that veil was torn into, was saying, now I give you direct access to my throne room. What you have to understand, a little more context to that, is that veil is what separated and or protected the Holy of Holies. And only once a year could the priest go in there. And what's important to know is, That once that was ripped, God was saying, no longer does someone have to do it on your behalf. Now you can go straight into the Holy of Holies and let your requests be made known to God. In Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, it says that we can boldly enter His throne room of grace. So we don't need to do it by means of a priest. I know the Catholic Church, I don't know if they still do this, but the confessional booth, right? They would have to confess their sins to the priest in order for them to be forgiven. And then I don't know what the priest would do on the other side of the... Because you can't see, so I don't know. Only what movies or books can teach me. But we know that Jesus died for our sins. And when that veil was torn in two, that means I don't need to use a third party. I say, thank you, Jesus, and I can boldly approach the throne of grace. And I could let my requests be made known to God. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for that. Wherever I am, I can call upon the name of the Lord. So access now is given through Jesus. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus speaking. And Jesus said, I am the way. Say way. I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes, right? We're talking about access, approaching, permission to pass, permission to enter. No one comes to the Father but through me. So Jesus himself was declaring, even before he died, well, I am the way. Maybe they didn't fully understand what he was saying, but he said, I am the way. And in John chapter 10, verse 9, he said, I am the door. So not only is He the way, but He's also the door that leads through the way, and we have our access. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and will go in and out and find pasture. And so a door controls access. When we're renting the school here, the janitors have been on point. They're really good. But I remember there was one Sunday where Spencer texted me at about 8.05. The doors are supposed to unlock at 8.00. And he said, there's nobody here. We have no access to the building. And we have like all our equipment, all our gear. We have to start setting up. And we had to quickly call and find the emergency hotline to the permit office of the Toronto District School Board. A call, like there were so many, 
like pathways or, or lines to get to the person who could reach the one. To get, you see where it's just like, oh, please stop already. I'm getting a headache or I'm getting dizzy. It was not easy because the door was locked. But Jesus is the one who grants, who gives us access because he says, I am the door. And he's the one who can open the door for us to walk straight in. And he's the one who did it on the cross. Can you say amen? And so what kind of access does Jesus give us? It's a valid question. I just want to share with you before I, sh- I share that. This past, um, I think it was Thursday night, again with Worship Drummer, just because it's a great illustration. Uh, I have a YouTube channel because I'm like, I have a lot of videos of drummers and, and stuff for worship. And, and in case you're a musician, you would understand this. W- visual learning is a lot easier than trying to f- read music. It just is, or just trying to listen and figure out, I think this is what they're doing. So when I set up cameras on the drums, you know, it helps a lot of drummers. That's why I do it. And what happened is, as I was uploading them to YouTube, people started subscribing and subscribing and subscribing. And my YouTube channel crossed, I didn't even know it, but it crossed a threshold. Once I hit 10,000 subscribers... I got an email from YouTube saying, congratulations, and you could put up that, that next picture. Uh, it said, you unlocked uh, something that they call like, the bronze level. And I was like, what does bronze level even mean? So basically, they said, you have access, you've been given access now to the Toronto YouTube space. And I thought... Toronto has a YouTube space. I thought Google was in California, but obviously they're all over the world. So my wife gave me permission to go. She was home with the three kids. Um, Thank you, Priscilla. But I was able to go, and I can actually go film at this location. Like, you have to see the studio. I, I don't even know how to use all the gear. There's so much expensive stuff. And they said, you could come in one day a month, because of your 10,000 subscribers, you unlocked the YouTube space here in Toronto. You can come and do a full day of video shoots for free. And you could do all the editing on our expensive iMacs. And, all. and I thought, this is insane. This is cool. I, and I said, can I come do church stuff here? <laughs> and they said, no. But if we have a YouTube nonprofit Google account, here's something and we get 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube, then we can go do it for a day for our church. So there might be something we could do there. The next level is 100,000, and then you could do three days of production, and then when you hit a million subscribers on YouTube, you could do six days, which is basically a full week. You like move in for a week, and you do shoot, and you could use their stuff and produce crazy films and whatever else you want to do. All that to say... You might be saying, well, okay, that's what YouTube gives you as access. What does Jesus give me as a believer? What kind of access does he give me? I want to share with you just some things. As I was praying and preparing this week, I said, Lord, what are some things that our church needs to hear? That the people in the room today, we didn't send out a special e-blast, but I prayed and I said, God, let some of these be some of the very things that our people need to hear this morning. So are you ready for it? I have a list of about 10 things. It's not exhaustive. There are so many other things that that we have access to, but here are some specific ones. 
Salvation. We have access to salvation. You might say, well, why? Because we are enslaved to a life of sin, and Jesus is the only cure for that disease called sin in your life. And Jesus died on the cross for you and for me that we might be saved. And it's found in no one else but Jesus. No one else can save you and, and, and heal your life from the disease called sin, but Jesus can. Number two, we have access to eternal life because of what Jesus has given access to us for, eternal life. We have access to eternal life. See, when you die, a lot of people think, well, I'll either live in heaven or I'll die. No, you live eternally in one of two places, in heaven or in hell. And again, good people, good people don't go to heaven and bad people go to hell. The condition is Jesus Christ because He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Where does the Father reside? In heaven. It's a place that He prepared for us. Jesus said, I must go to prepare a place for you. So the eternal life is granted for all of us only through Jesus Christ. He's the condition. So when other religions say, well, yeah, I believe in God and there are many ways to God, I would question what God are they speaking about? Because when I read the Word of God, it's very clear. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So number one, salvation. Number two, eternal life. Number three, power. You've been given access to power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus had to leave, He said, so that the Holy Spirit would come. And when the Holy Spirit came, it was a baptism of power. And He said, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power to be my witnesses. Again, there's, we got purpose as the church. We have to be a witness of this good news. But you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Which covers basically the globe. So we, we have access to power. And in the Greek, and I've said this before, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, powers in the Greek dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite. Dynamite power. So look at your life. If you uh, call yourself a Christian, do you know you have access to dynamite power? Do you use dynamite power in your everyday life? So that's number one. And a close second or coupled with power is the authority. We've been given access to authority in the name of Jesus. Did you know that, church? Do you believe it, though? You know it, but do you believe it? You've been given all authority in not my name, not the name of the church you attend, even if you're visiting, not the name of your church which you call home, but in the name of Jesus. We have all power. And the Bible says that at the mention of His name, everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth has to bow. So that means heavenly principalities, earthly and demonic principalities and powers have to bow at the mention of His name. Sickness and disease has to bow at the mention of His name. Don't ask me how it happens. Don't ask, you know... But it's the power and authority is in His name, not mine. And we've prayed for people and we said, well, but what if they don't get healed? That's not 
up to us to decide. We've been given access to authority. So we take authority in Jesus' name and we trust and we leave the outcome to God. If I was praying in Jonathan's name, receive your healing, then I have to make sure I can back that up and see it through. You see what I'm saying? If I give you a promise and I say, no, no, just tell them Jonathan sent you and they'll give you a 50% discount when you buy those drumsticks and you go there and, and it doesn't happen, who are you going to call? You're not going to get mad at yourself or the, the music store guy. You're going to come, hey, I thought you said 50% off. When it comes to authority and exercising our God-given authority that we've been given access to, not that we point a finger to God, but we have to understand He's the one who has to back up His own word. And God is not a man that He should lie. So when we take that step of faith and in authority we pray, we have to have an expectation that God, you can do what you said you will do. Can you say amen? If you believe that, let your faith be stirred on this point today. We've been given authority. And I know that this right here, the battle of the mind, is where the devil plays the most. And sometimes, if not a lot of the time, you will have to take authority even over your own thoughts. And that's why you take captive every thought. You don't just let your mind wander. Take captive every thought. Because the devil can throw thoughts like a dart straight into your mind. And you have to know, no, this is not, this is not me, this is not God. This is just the devil throwing these doubts and these fears. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So we have all authority in Jesus' name. And if it's not in the book, be careful. Take the authority over what God has given us authority over. Okay? Exercise what He has given us authority over. The next thing is that God has given us access through Jesus to a family. And I think this is a beautiful picture of God's church. Is that you could be an individual, you could be single, you could even be an immigrant, and this is foreign territory, and and. People have told me, they said, we came over from India. All we Googled was Assembly of God Church or Toronto or Pentecostal Church. And they said, this popped up, so we came. And they said, it felt like home. It felt like we were home. And to me, this brings a smile to my face and it warms my heart greatly. Because this is what we're called to be. Where the outsider or the lonely or the reject walks in and this is the place where they should feel accepted and feel loved and feel like family. And this is the place where they need to belong. So I know in church, it's not this church, in church in general, that the church has been accused of being judgmental and hypocritical. But I choose to lay that aside. Maybe that's true of, of the history. But we have to look forward and say, Lord, if we are called to reach people, then help us to view people as family. If my son comes home with dirty pants because he was rolling around in the, in the schoolyard in the mud, am I going to say, hey, you can't come in here because you're all dirty? No, I'd say, okay, come here. Like, let's change your pants. I'm going to give you a bath, get you cleaned up before dinner. And we have to have this same heart for the people that God will bring. Because He's given us access. Not just us, exclusive. It's 
us as a people access to family. That if there are widows or orphans, this is the family that they will call home. You don't sound too excited about that this morning, but I am, and I'm going to lead our church that way. Thank you. Peace. He's given us access to peace. Peace. In a world riddled with chaos, where there's confusion, where the storms of life seem to always rattle the boat and rock the boat, in the middle of all of that chaos, you can experience a peace which surpasses all understanding. Yes, you, the, you might see the storm, but you'll have peace. And God is the God, like think of it, Jesus was sleeping in the boat while the storm was going on. And it was the disciples who were afraid. And Jesus has the ability to speak even. He's not only with you, but He can actually speak to the very wind and wave, whatever's causing the storm in your life, and say, peace be still. He just has to speak the word. He just has to speak the word. Peace, be still. So He's given you access to peace today, church. And then another one is joy. Joy. There there are many reasons, perhaps, for you to not choose joy. But I want you to know, joy is not necessarily a choice. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. And, And if you call yourself a Christian, again, this is part of the evidence that, yes... The Spirit is alive and active in my life. Joy ensues. And again, joy, just like peace, is available or accessible regardless of your situation. Did you know that? Regardless of the news that you hear from the doctor, you can choose joy today. You can choose joy because you trade your mourning into dancing. You can trade it away. And God will say, no problem, it's a fair exchange. You get my joy. My, and you could go dancing home today. And you leave here differently than you came. Why? Because He's given you access to joy. And I know that people say, Oh, it looks like you've been baptized in lemon juice. I've never used that phrase once. Because it actually annoys me. So I didn't use it to, to use it. I used it because I hate it when people talk that way about Christians. We should be the happiest place in town. Did you know that? Or else, what's the point of having access to the joy of the Lord? Right? Church shouldn't be endured, it should be enjoyed. Maybe that's going to become our new motto. We'll put it on the website. But, but it, it can't just be on a website, it has to be outworked in our lives, day to day. I choose joy today. Why? Because I have Jesus. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So therefore, I have nothing to worry about. And here's one that we used a few weeks ago. If God causes all things to work together for the good, then I can be thankful in all things. It's a good line to remember. Joy. Another one is healing. We've been uh, given access through Jesus to healing. The Bible says, by His stripes we are healed. And we love to pray for people who um, need healing, people who are going into doctors. Why? Because it's an opportunity to see God do a miracle. To see God do what only He can do. When doctors say, nothing much more we could do. The church can pray in Jesus' name when we speak healing over sick bodies. And another thing we have access to is God's treasury. Some of you might get excited about that one today. God's treasury. His word says, 
And my God shall supply all my oh needs. Not what you want. My son has a crazy list that he's getting ready. He's like, I want this, I want this. I said, that's nice. Put it on a list and maybe your grandparents will buy it. <laughs> he's like, okay, dad. So he actually, he still can't quite write. So he's like in Costco holding like six, like a pack of six fidget spinners. He's like, dad, take a video of me. And he's like, hi, no, no, Tony. I want this for Christmas. These fidget spinners, all six of them in one pack. And then he's like, let's go to the other. I'm like, no, this, this is crazy. This is enough. You, you don't even need toys. But we have access not to what we want, but what we need. See, God is a good father. We love saying that, singing that song too. But here's the thing. A good father doesn't give children, or a good parent, doesn't give children what they want. Sometimes we will, if they deserve it, if they're unrewarded and whatever. But a good parent gives their child what they need. And God, who is our good father, by the way, when we pray, when they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray, how did Jesus start that off? He said, well, this is the model. Our father who art in heaven, signifying the relationship aspect. So when I'm praying, God, God, like he's not the, there to judge you and to, to whack. It's not whack-a-mole, right? He's, he's saying, yes, my child. Yes, son. Yes, daughter. So when we approach him with boldness and with confidence, we enter into his throne room of grace. We approach him like he is our father. He's our dad. And we, we can speak to him and let him know what's going on. We can tell him what we not want. I mean, you could. He's a good dad. He might give it if, if it's the right thing for us. But he's ready to give us what we need. What we need. So my God, when we say we have all access to his treasury, I believe God will bless. By the way, in the beginning of our overflow campaign, for our capital campaign for the building, I prayed um, over our church that God would bring promotion to the workplace for our, for our church, for our people, that we can fund the project. And, and I've been pleased to hear little stories here and there about people who've been promoted in these last five months. And I stand, it's a subtle, quiet thing maybe, and I probably don't even know all the stories. And maybe on the other hand, some of you have lost jobs, I don't know. But here's the thing, God is able to bless whenever he wants one person alone can walk in and, and write a check and we're done with the capital campaign. What we planned for three years could be done in a week or in a, in a, in a signing session. But if, it, if God wants that, great. But what I know is he's, gonna, he's ready and able to give me what I need. So my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. So when I pray, I can let God know what I really want. But what God is more concerned with first is, well, what do you need, though? What do you need? And, and God, let's start there before we go on to other things. So, thank you, Lord, for that. We have also access to a father. And we're going to get ready to wrap it up this morning. You see, we've been given access to a father. And this is what everything has been leading up to this morning. Because it's important to understand 
who God is. He's given us, he's granted us access. Jesus has given us access. But then lastly, access is received through relationship with Jesus. Through relationship with Jesus. In Luke 15, there's the story of the prodigal son. And that word prodigal simply means wastefully extravagant. Wastefully extravagant. And what this one son told his father is, Dad, give me, I want my portion of the estate. He had another brother. He said, I want what's mine, but I want it now. The father said, okay, you want it? I'll I'll give it to you. So sometimes, side note, God will give you what you ask for. Probably because you're annoying. (laughs) But sometimes he'll give it. And he'll say, if you want it so badly, here you go. But you can't blame God for the outcome after. Just remember that. That's a side note. But this, so Father says, fine, here you go, take it. So he goes, and he's called the prodigal son because he was wastefully extravagant with that money. He wasted it on prostitutes, on parties, wild living. Uh, the list goes on and on until it all ran out. And when you indulge in the pleasures of this world, rather than delight in God's presence, you will see that trend. With God, He fills you up. With the world, you always empty your pocket and yourself out, feeling empty and desolate. And so He gets to the point where He's in a pig's pen, looking at their pods that they would eat, and He says, Wow, I'm so hungry that this looks appealing or appetizing. He said, even the servants at my father's house eat better than where I'm at right now. And so he he musters up all of his energy, strength, swallows his pride even, and starts the journey home, recites this whole speech that he's going to say to his dad. And as he gets home, we know the story, some of us, but the father is already watching The father's already looking. And it says that even when the son was afar off, the father began to run, which was against the cultural norm. Like the father wouldn't do that. But he he lifted up his garments and started running towards his son. And it's a picture of how God desires to be in this relationship with us. And his whole perspective on this is, my son who once was lost is now found. Who was once dead is now alive again. So that's the first half of the story that we all kind of know. But for this morning, I want to emphasize the other brother for a moment. You see, the other brother was out in the field working. He was faithful. He never left. And he's hearing this music from afar as he's getting closer to home at the end of his workday. He's getting closer and he's What's going on? Sounds like a a party or a feast is about to take place. And as he gets closer, he realizes that, wait a minute, there is a party going on. And as he inquires, he realizes it's for his lost, long lost brother who took off with all the money, who now returned. And when he begins to see the way that the father is lavishing his love on this son, kill the fatted calf, put get the ring, give him sandals and clothes. It's like royalty showed up almost. And this son, we'll call him the believer or the Christian, gets really upset. 
And I want to jump straight into the scripture with you as we read it. I got to turn there myself. Luke chapter 15. And what verse did, did I start with on the screen there, Ben? 29. So we'll start reading at verse 29. And this is his response when he realizes what's actually happening. There's this big party. This is his response. And here's verse 29. But he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes... You celebrate by killing the fatted calf? And here it is. His father said to him, verse 31, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. You see, that only happens with relationship. It happens with relationship. When the other son left... He was cut off from that kind of access. And he said, wow, even the servants have better food than where I'm at right now. The son who never left. See, here's the thing. He didn't realize how much he actually had access to. And for us as the church, I'm wondering, do we realize what we actually have access to? Do we realize it? I feel like oftentimes we tend to be more like the second son who never left home. And we've been sitting here with blessings on blessings on blessings and we don't even know it. That we have access to things that we haven't even touched as believers. And we say, well, why hasn't the Lord answered my prayer? Do you know you have access? Have you tapped into it? Are you using those channels that have been given to you? I close with this. He said, everything I have is yours. And perhaps the greatest tragedy is that you are knocking on a door that has already been opened for you. Perhaps the greatest tragedy is that you're knocking on a door. Oh God, please. Oh, I just hope I wish. And God says, I already gave you access. Walk through the door. It's already open. Walk through the door. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet this morning as Spencer comes back up. I want to close with one more thing. Can you put up that next picture that we have? A few weeks ago, Bethel Music came to do a night of worship here in the city. Again, I had back stage access. And I don't say this to be like, oh, look at me at all. No, I'm just, I stand in awe. And, and how it applies to this message. But I, I, got, I get to see things that people don't really see. So this is them praying before they go out to minister. Some of you might look at it on the outside and say, these concerts, they're charging people money. No, this is a ministry. And they're actually doing great things for God all over the world. Backstage access allows you the privilege to see things that you don't normally see to be able to eat where you'd normally don't eat because I was able to eat the catered food and it was good next slide 
This is the last one. When Hillsong Young and Free came, I was able to, again, be backstage. But if you notice on the pass, I don't know if it's clear, but there are three A's at the bottom of the, uh, of the badge that I'm wearing. And I literally, those three A's gives me access to all areas. I can walk in as if I own the place and no one's going to say, uh, excuse me, sir, stop. Uh, uh, no, as soon as they see that badge, I can walk wherever I want in that whole venue. I don't even need to say, oh, call the drummer. He knows me and you'll see he's going to tell you that I'm allowed to come. No. You can walk straight through the door, past security, past everyone. They will not ask a question. Today, you have that same privilege as a son and a daughter of the King. Do you realize, church, what you have been given access to? And we've come today at the end of this service. And I truly believe there are some of you that need to tap into what God has made available whether it's healing, it could be some of those things that I listed already. Salvation, you say, this is great, but I don't even have a relationship with Jesus. We want to pray with you this morning and lead you to know Jesus in a personal way, that you would have access to eternal life. Some of you saying, I'm, I'm sick and tired of living a defeated life, like, like a balloon that's deflating. You've been given all power and authority. Some of you today need to access that and begin to speak over your situation because you've been asking a pastor or maybe you've been asking somebody, but today you have as much authority as me. I just have a title that goes with it and a responsibility as well to shepherd the the flock. But you have authority and power just like I do in Jesus' name. Do you see what you have, the access God has given? Peace and joy. Peace and joy. Maybe the storms have been severe in your life. And you're going to come today and we're going to pray. And you're going to see peace begin to flood your life. Maybe it's the the anxiety or or a new page that, that you're facing. A new chapter in life. When we go back next week, it's been pretty crazy these last two weeks. If I can be personally honest with you that I need the peace today. And I I thank God that every detail, he, He already knows. But peace and joy is available. If you need healing, if you if you need God to break through in your life financially, not what you want, but for what you need, we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe. And without further delay, we're gonna close it this way that if you want prayer, you simply come. Why? Because the door is already open. You've been given access. God is the one who granted us permission. And it's through Jesus that it's given. But now it's through relationship with Him in my life, my responsibility, that I walk in this and I receive the access I need. So today, if you need prayer, we're going to be happy to pray with you. But you just come. I'm not going to say close your eyes. If you, if you can't do this in church where we said we're family... How are you going to do it at work when it gets really hard or at school? So you come and we're going to pray and we're going to believe with you. The same God who is in the boat is the same God who is here and he's ready to speak to your situation. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westonroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.